It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. All right, guys, much to get to on this Wednesday with regard to uh, what has happened in Afghanistan. More details coming out about the president's uh, unilateral decision without informing anybody, without even talking to any world leaders, uh, which is troubling to say the least for uh, world leaders because uh, they also have uh, embassies. Did you know that, that they have embassies in uh, Afghanistan as well, many of them? And uh, pretty much they're going to be toast. Uh, all of them are going to be pretty much toast. So uh, it was a unilateral, there you go, a luna, like lunatic lateral uh, decision on behalf of uh, Joe Biden. With regard to uh, the, first of all, the shutting down of Bagram Air Force Base without telling anyone at all, okay, without telling anyone at all, anyone involved. And then, of course, uh, the Taliban consequently taking over the entire country in the last three days. It took three days. It took three days. That's all it took, kids. That's all it took. The former president of Afghanistan, Ashraf Ghani, uh, fled the country. He is in Dubai, which I hear is uh, is lovely, lovely this time of year. If you're not a woman, I guess you know. Pretty much in the Middle East, uh, every day is lovely, except if you're a woman uh, or somebody who wants to live in uh, modern times and civility and all that stuff. Anyway, he fled the country with 169 million dollars in cash, stuffed on a helicopter. Yeah, apparently uh, four cars and a helicopter loaded with 169 million dollars in in bags of cash. <laughs> He was forced to leave some of the money behind as it wouldn't fit on the flight, you see. It's the same thing that Democrats do when they leave office. They leave and they get really rich. That's the, the thing that they do. They, they leave and they get really, really, really filthy, stinking rich. So uh, that's what's going on there. Uh, Hillary Clinton left office. She was really stinking rich. She got $150 million from uh, Russian oligarchs with regard to the Uranium One deal. And she had the Clinton Foundation going. They were raking in all sorts of money. And then she didn't win the election in 2020 or 2016. And uh, you know, she then became worthless. Her currency became worthless, kind of like American currency, which is, I mean, they're predicting $45 trillion in debt by 2030. So you probably want to invest in gold and silver. Yeah, uh, American Hartford Gold is a sponsor of this program, and they are able to sell you physical gold or silver delivered to your door or inside of an IRA. All right? You can't put that much gold on a helicopter. It won't lift, you see. <laughs> but it is it is good to have gold rather than paper currency. Uh, by the way, if you want to uh, you want to learn more about it, you also could get up to uh, $1,500 in free silver. Just text the word ROB to 65532, 65532. For um, American Hartford Gold, yeah, he, he fled the country. Uh, Barack Obama's worth $400 million, something like that. He never built anything. Sold some books, does a lot of speaking engagements. And that's kind of the dream, right? Isn't that the dream of... Um, of oligarchs everywhere is you can get filthy rich without building anything, just having a government office. This man, of course, stole the money. Not uncommon. You you know, the leader of was a Chavez was the leader of uh, Venezuela's daughters worth a billion dollars. Why? Because she, she stole it. She stole it. So that's what that's the, living the dream. That's living the Democrat dream when you can leave office and just uh, pilfer and just take everything. Uh, in our case, it's just, you know, not building anything, not making anything, not ringing the market. Just basically... Um, Selling a couple books and doing $500,000 speeches and, uh, oh, selling paintings. Yeah, that's one thing, even though Hunter Biden is not in office. So Donald Trump spoke last night on Fox, had much to say. Now, I want you to just compare real quick here. Uh, compare leaders. This is Donald Trump, the last year of his presidency with regard to uh, ISIS, which he stomped to death, curb stomped. 
and he kept uh, the Taliban at bay in Afghanistan. I directed the Department of Defense to develop a plan to demolish and destroy ISIS, a network of lawless savages that have slaughtered Muslims and Christians and men and women and children of all faiths and all beliefs. We will work with our allies, including our friends and allies in the Muslim world, to extinguish this vile enemy from our planet. And he did a pretty good job of it. Uh, in Afghanistan, there hasn't been an American fatality in, uh, or casualty, I should say, in 18 months. So he turned things around in Afghanistan. And uh, now let's compare him. And the reason why I'm playing a dated uh, soundbite from Donald Trump is because uh, I wanted everybody to be reminded what a real leader sounds like. One who's not, uh, you know, stammering and stumbling and, and slurring words and making terrible unilateral decisions that affect the safety and security of the United States of America. Here's Joe Biden on July 8th saying that nothing like has happened in the last uh, five days in Afghanistan would happen under his watch. But, of course, he was completely wrong. Zero. What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy. It's not like Saigon. Six, if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the, South, the North Vietnamese Army. They're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. Oh, no, they're much more capable because they've got billions of dollars worth our military hardware now. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. Okay, yeah, well, that kind of happened, and it only took three days. And, and I guess the Biden administration was predicting 90 days before it fell, but it fell much faster than that with the uh, complete disastrous close down of Bagram Air Force Base, among other things. Let's hear a little bit more from uh, President Trump. This is uh, President Trump stating the obvious here. Why would an administration who's trying to bug out of a country and has American interests at heart. Why would they withdraw the military first and leave the civilians, uh, leave American citizens, leave contractors, leave uh, translators, leave uh, friends of our country who helped us to fight the Taliban, leave them, take the military out, which of course would have inevitably would have uh, you know protected them, got them to the airport, which is now uh, unsecure as well. Although they just flew in a couple thousand U.S. troops, so they'll be able to maintain a few flights out. But why would you take the dang military out first? It makes no sense. We have a military. It's holding it. You know, I got it reduced down to 2,500 soldiers, and they were doing a good job. It was fine. It was a smaller force. I took it down from close to 20 to 2,500, and we were fine. But we have and it was enough. the military there, and we take the military out before we took our civilians out and before we took the interpreters and other we want to try and help but by the way i'm america first okay the americans come out first but we're also going to help people that helped us and we have to be very careful with the vetting because you have some rough people in there but we're going to help those people but can you imagine now what we were going to do just very quickly is we were going why to are we uh, vetting would we vetting vet people coming in from afghanistan if they're not uh, vetting them at the border in the south i'm being facetious of course take the military out last, okay, last. The people were coming out. Yeah, because they have the guns that go boom, boom. They were going to come out, but the <laughs> agreement was violated, so I held things back because we weren't going to do anything, again, conditions-based. So well, they weren't we'll, we'll fulfilling their obligations and conditions. But here's just to finish. 
The people come out first. Then I was going to take all of the military equipment. We have billions and billions of dollars worth of new Blackhawk helicopters. Brand. No, you just want to leave them there. Listen to what this president, the, the real leader, actually says about all the billions of dollars. Because here's the thing, guys, and I mentioned yesterday uh, this exact same thing. It was repeated by Glenn Beck later in the day that... Right now, we have returned to September the 10th, 2001, except for this time, the Taliban and uh, these, these uh, uh, troglodytes from hell are better equipped than they could have ever imagined, could ever have imagined on September the 10th, 2001. And knew that Russia now will be examining, and so will China, and so will everybody else to figure it because it's the greatest in the world. We have brand new army tanks and all sorts of equipment, missiles. We have everything. I was going to take it out because I knew they weren't going to fight. Just one thing, and I have to say, and this is different from everyone else, I said, why are they fighting? Why are these Afghan soldiers fighting against the Taliban? Now, this is kind of interesting. And I was told some very bad information by a lot of different people. The fact is they're among the highest paid soldiers in the world. They were doing it for a paycheck because once we stopped, once we left, they stopped fighting. So all of the people that talk about the bravery and everything, I say everybody's brave. But the fact is, our country was paying the Afghan soldiers a fortune. So we were sort of bribing them to fight. And that's not what it's all about. It's a great thing that we... Yeah, but the, the only thing that contradicts that is in the, since 2014, in seven years, the Afghani military has lost 57,000 people. So they were fighting. They were risking their lives. It's not they, they were just uh, collecting a paycheck. They were collecting a paycheck. I get it. I get it. My only problem right now is the humanitarian concerns. Uh, it is 20 years, a generation of uh, young women and young people who have experienced a modicum of freedom. Later in the show, I'm going to share an, an Afghani uh, woman. She's 27 years old. She was a mayor of a city. Her inspirational video. And now she's just waiting for the Taliban to come and kill her. And I think keeping that base there and the threat of force would have prevented that from happening and would have prevented the takeover by the Taliban. Here is, uh, oh, this is um, Trump talking about this could be the, the biggest, most embarrassing foreign policy debacle in our history. And I concur. So we had a very, very strong conversation with the mullah. And frankly, it it. Absolutely, you know, they would not have done what they've done right now. This is the greatest embarrassment and beyond embarrassment. This is something that it will affect our relationships for years to come and decades to come. I will say when China watches this, they're so happy. Think about, think about what we've been through. And not you and me. I mean, you and I have it easy if you're not a veteran, if you're not somebody who came back with without a leg or an arm or more than that or severe burns over your entire body or the inability to feed yourself or inability to walk. Body wrecked, mind wrecked. 20 years of this, literally, more than a generation of young people going to Afghanistan. All of it reversed to square one this weekend. But even sweeter, thousands of Taliban criminals being released so they can join the fight. And now they're better equipped than ever. 
and they're laughing at us. They're laughing. I extracted... There were uh, several Taliban holding ice cream cones in a picture that's circulating this morning, uh, basically shoving it in the face of Joe Biden. Billions and billions of dollars out of China. Never happened. We never got 10 cents from China. Billions and billions. They were so happy to see a rigged election. They might have helped it along, actually, but they were so happy. But, Sean, I'll tell you what, this is the greatest embarrassment that I've ever seen. This is, and you know it better than you do an incredible job in covering it, and I appreciate it. The whole country appreciates it. This is the greatest embarrassment in the history of our country. It It is an embarrassment. It is a moment of shame in our history, and it was not done by our soldiers. It was done by our politicians. It was done by one politician, Joe Biden, who's never been right about anything. Ever, ever, ever. Here's Donald Trump saying that we should have never gone in the Middle East in the first place. We have great leaders in our military. We have the greatest military in the world. And we're giving it a very bad reputation, what's happening. Think of it. Uh, We took this horrible place. I mean, a place that just we shouldn't have been involved. It was a horrible decision going into the Middle East. And I know the Bush family will not be happy, but I believe it was the worst decision in the history of our country when we decided to go into the Middle East. It's turned out to be quicksand. We've destroyed the Middle East. Do you think it's better now than it was 20, 21 years ago? It's much worse. It was a horrible decision. It cost us trillions of dollars. And, and if you look at both sides, because I like to look at both sides, millions and millions of lives. And it's no different than it was. It's much worse because you have to rebuild it. It's been blown to pieces. The worst decision ever made was going, you can do a strike as retribution and it could be a big strike as retribution for the World Trade Center, etc. But to get stuck in there was like quicksand. Can you believe it's been 20 years? My son was 18 months old when 9-11 happened. I remember I was watching uh, round-the-clock <clears throat> coverage of it. And at 18 months old, in the middle of the night, he came into our bedroom and he said, Dad, and he was crying, and he said, the buildings fall down. And he had a nightmare about it. He wasn't sure what was going on, but it was terrifying. And I felt like, oh, man, what have I let him see? Think about what we've been through in 20 years. In 20 years. Wow. Many, and I would say probably even me at the time, were hopeful. Maybe, maybe we could influence these people. Maybe we could make them taste freedom and love freedom because we love freedom. We were born into freedom. At least many of us were. Many of us uh, came here legally. And embrace the uh, the tenets of the Constitution and and the glory of the country, and we thought, man, if we could just give people around the world a taste of this, and then we realized very quickly that uh, that wasn't going to take, because some people can't be helped. There are reasons why there are countries that are still third world hill holes, despite having enormous uh, wealth with regard to natural resources and the most natural resource, the most valuable natural resource of all, which is the human, the population, the citizenry. You see places like Cuba and Haiti. Afghanistan has trillions of dollars in rare earth minerals in those those bomb racked mountains. And they will never pull their heads out of their butts. At least the male population of that country won't seem to do it. But Joe Biden says, we weren't there to do nation building. That's why we got out. But he said a whole different thing back in about 2003. Our mission in Afghanistan was never supposed to have been nation building. 
It was never supposed to be creating a unified... That's Joe Biden now. ...centralized democracy. I've argued for many years that our mission should be narrowly focused on counterterrorism, not counterinsurgency or nation-building. In some parts of the administration... Now let's go back in time. Nation ...to when he was lucid and could actually focus on things and maintain eye contact and have a cogent thought. ...building is still a dirty phrase, but the alternative to nation-building is chaos. A chaos that churns out bloodthirsty warlords, drug traffickers, and terrorists. Which is kind of what we just did uh, by turning it back over to the blood, you know, all those guys. And we have, we've seen it happen in Afghanistan before, and I am quite frankly fearful it may happen again. Yeah, well, it did, and it is because of uh, your decision in the last, I don't know, about a month or so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here is uh, Jake Sullivan. He's a State Department spokesman uh, saying that the Taliban has guaranteed safe passage for Americans through the end of the month. So we have nothing to worry about. The Taliban have informed us that they are prepared to provide the safe passage of civilians to the airport. And we intend to hold them to that commitment. Do you believe them? Yes. Just for clarity on that, is there some deadline that's been set? Has the Taliban given assurances that this will go till August 31st? Is the deadline before that or after that? For clarity on what you just said. Till, we, we believe that this can go till the 31st. We are talking to them about what the exact timetable is for how this will all play out. And I don't want to uh, negotiate. Don't worry, Taliban. You'll get your chance to murder and rape and burn people alive and chop off heads. That's all coming. I mean, you know, just, 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 just hang in there. Appreciate in public on, on working out the, the good old days. That's what the Taliban's doing. The good old days. Wow, I can't believe it. Happy days are here again. That's modality. The skies again are covered in fog. They're not clear again. To get the most people out. Smoke from burning things. In the most efficient way possible. There you go. Oh, uh, but here is the Taliban spokesman yesterday saying that they are assuring uh, Americans they're going to be safe. Is that we are assuring the safety of all those who have worked with the United States and allied forces, uh, whether as interpreters or any other. And we want you to know we murder it. I mean, we mean it. We mean it. I feel that they have worked with them. Uh, as for their talents and their skills, we do not want them to leave the country. We want them to serve their own homeland. As for the contractor, that was... Boy, they just sound like nice people now, don't they? Perhaps uh, he's gone missing, uh, as reported by the media. Uh, we do not have any information about him at the moment. That's Women the president. Women afforded all their rights, uh, whether it is in work or other activities, because women are a key part of society. Oh yes, women are going to be given rights. Listen to this. And uh, we are guaranteeing all their rights within the limits of Islam. Within the uh, the limits of uh, Sharia law is what that is. Yeah. By the way, the Taliban, the, they're calling the angels of salvation are going door to door to round up suspected looters amid chaos. That's fine with me. I don't care about looters. A young woman was shot dead by Taliban in uh, the north of the country for reportedly refusing to wear a hijab. That's the new 2.0. You know, that's it. Maybe they gave her a warning. Is, is Maybe that's how, what happened. Wow. Video is showing despairing women at the gates of the airport pleading with the U.S. to let them through because they know what's going to happen. One man said he saw his neighbor uh, dragged out of the house. The Taliban said he would hang tomorrow. No telling what that's about. Kabul's first female mayor, Zarifa Ghaffari, says, I'm just sitting here waiting for them to come. There is no help. A 21-year-old teacher, former teacher, says she is a prisoner in her home as the Taliban fighters raid nearby houses. 
A mother of four was beaten to death in front of her daughter before a grenade was hurled into their home. Two were killed, at least 10 injured, when the Taliban opened fire on a protest over removal of the national flag. Yeah, they're the new Taliban 2.0. They're kinder and gentler and they're friendly and they're lovable and they're cuddly with their little beards and everything on it. Your beards all your yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, here is uh, John Kirby, a Defense Department spokesman who many of people calling uh, Baghdad Kirby, anyway, uh, saying that uh, they didn't really have a, an escape plan for Americans leaving the country when we left them high and dry in Kabul. So the reason I've been asking you about those numbers is just because of that. I want to understand how you're going to do that. Because there are only so many people at the airport right now. There aren't 20,000 people at yep. the airport right now. There aren't five to no. 10,000 Americans at the airport right now. And there's no way for people to get to the airport safely because we pulled out the military first. They're at their homes, either in Kabul or the area. What is the plan to get these people to the airport? First of all, from a military perspective, John, our focus is at the airport, right? Uh, security and stability at the airport so we can keep operations going. And if you can get here without being murdered or raped or beheaded or whatever, then we will get you out. We're working hand in glove with the State Department uh, in terms of supporting their plans uh, at processing these individuals. Uh, but uh, again, that's something that we're going to be doing on a case by case. They had no plan, guys. They had no contingency plan. They said a contingency was the collapse of, literally, they're saying that there was a contingency for the collapse and takeover of the country by the Taliban within three days. And uh, the plan was absolute scatterbrained insanity. Day by day basis. Right now, though, uh, I don't want to set the expectation that uh, that we are equipped and, and, uh, and able uh, to go out into the countryside and physically move people into Kabul. Why? Why? Our focus right now, the troops that we have there are at the airport. The idea is to make sure we can get that, uh, the air operations, not only have they resumed, but to keep them in place. Get to the airport, you'll be cool, but there's a very, very, very slim chance you're going to get here. For as long as possible. If they Unless you're in like a bulletproof, bombproof Uber escorted by like a thousand troops. Can't get to the airport. What does it matter if you have the capabilities to get them out from the airport? Oh, and there is that. Airport. Yeah, John, I understand that. And we all understand that the security situation in Kabul is not ideal. Uh, right. <laughs> Not ideal. That's fantastic. Now the airport is open uh, and people are able to get through uh, through the gates there. There's a there's a processing process that actually has to occur. Uh, but right now things are moving. Well, thank God there's a processing process that has to occur. If you're concerned about the future, if you're concerned about your investments, if you're concerned about our currency and our debt, I hope you might consider investing in silver and or gold. American Hartford Gold is a sponsor of this program. And it's important to diversify with gold and silver. Okay. Now, Hartford, American Hartford Gold, they, they deal and they sell uh, physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA. And they make it easy. They have an A-plus from the uh, Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. And if you call them now, you can get up to $1,500 of free silver on your first order. Okay, so call 866-204-8226. That's 866-204-8226. Or text ROB, my first name, ROB, to 65532. ROB to 65532. Again, 866-204-8226. Or text ROB to 65532. Here's Jen Saki. Are you ready for some hot Saki? Here's Jen Saki saying that uh, they can't guarantee that uh, uh, the Americans who are remaining in Afghanistan after we pulled out our military will be uh, safely evacuated. But can you offer any guarantee to the Americans? And she came back from vacation to be there. Afghan allies, that if they remain there past the end of the month, 
U.S. troops will help them evacuate well, past the end of the month. Alicia, our, our focus right now is uh, undoing the work at hand and on the task at hand, and that is day by day. Now, yours is, but Joe Biden's was to get right back to vacation. Getting as many American citizens, as many SIV applicants, as many members of a vulnerable population who are eligible to be evacuated to the airport and out on planes. Uh, and we're going to do that in an expeditious fashion. That is the focus of the president, of our secretary. You know, in the 70s, there was a dance called the YMCA. Now it's the CYA. Jen's doing the CYA. The defense of our secretary of, of State. Biden's doing the CYA. Yeah, I'll stop singing. Grant Stinchfield talked about the uh, Bergdahl Five. They were all traded, and they are all uh, maybe, with at least one of them, actively involved in the rise of the Taliban once again in Afghanistan. Our soldiers, our soldiers' families, and our country's worst nightmare. It's coming true. Thank you, Joe Biden. So the same lackeys that thought it was a good idea back in 2014 to release prisoners from Guantanamo Bay Prison. The now current leadership of the Taliban in Afghanistan, okay? Obama and Biden let them go, despite the Pentagon classifying them as too dangerous to release. You may remember them as the Taliban Five. Ah, yes. Five of the most dangerous terrorists on earth, freed by Obama and Biden in exchange for an American deserter named Bo Bergdahl. Who can forget this guy? And remember, the Obama-Biden-Clinton access of corruption promised us these known terrorists would be, quote, no threat to America. Wow. Well, look at them now. One of them is now in the... And Joe Biden also said July 8th that there would not be a uh, Saigon-like helicopter evac of the U.S. Embassy, by the way, which cost a billion dollars in Kabul. Afghani presidential palace. It's all part of the Biden history of bad and oh-so-dangerous decisions. Yeah, have you noticed that um, nobody's seeing Kamala Harris? Why is that? She has vanished from public view for five days, for public view for five days, as Joe Biden and his administration tackled their worst foreign policy blunder to date. Actually, the country's. Her last solo public appearance was August 12th, as she met with business leaders to discuss the importance of child care and paid leave benefits. The vice president was spotted in a photo released by the White House over the weekend showing President Biden attending a video conference with, from Camp David with uh, Harris and other administration officials officially. Harris was expected to remain in Washington, D.C. during the August recess, but she has completely vanished from public view. It is unclear why Harris has distanced herself from the president in recent days. No, it's not. Her approval is the lowest of a vice president in 50 years. Right now... There's no way that Joe Biden's going to run for president in 2024. He, there's, not, there's nothing. There's nobody home. Lights are on. Nobody's home. I don't even think the lights are on anymore. Somebody turn off the lights. Anyway, she's, she doesn't want her hands on it. She doesn't want to be anywhere close to it. And also, I think that they want to shut her up in case she does say something embarrassing like she has done. Like, uh, you know, I've never been to Europe. So I think it's twofold. But I think it's clear that she is distancing herself from the uh, SS Titanic as it scrapes along the iceberg of Afghanistan. Or as I like to call it, Saigonistan. Saigonistan. Cortez and Bellagrino talked to Mark Meadows about uh, Joe Biden's debacle and the uh, similarities, I guess, between, I don't know, Vietnam. 
Great to be with you, Jen. And, and you're exactly right. It is a mess. And quite frankly, it's a mess of Joe Biden's doing. I mean, when we see what is, is unfolding before our eyes, we, we thought we were beyond this. We thought the days of Vietnam were over. And yet what we have are U.S. citizens uh, in harm's way tonight uh, as, as we speak. And certainly uh, we've got the, uh, a couple of governors saying, well, just send us your refugees. It's, it's troubling. And we've seen the images of these Afghan refugees on military planes heading out of the country, uh, many of them headed for the United States, as there are thousands of Americans still in the country. And, you know, my question is, you know, is it really the right decision to bring these refugees to America coming from a country where the people in charge now are chanting death to America? I know well, there is that. Yeah, thank, actually, great, great question, Jen. Yeah, uh-huh. There is that. I have a lot of people very concerned. Well, it should concern uh, everybody, all Americans, and certainly from a humanitarian standpoint, our, our hearts go out to anybody that is innocent and aligns with U.S. interests and certainly those U.S. citizens. But the other troubling part is is just to open everything up and say, well, let, hop on a plane and come on over without any vetting, because I can assure you there's no vetting. They don't have a plan. Uh, if, if they had a plan, what we would have seen is a very systemic... No, you just turn them out of the country regardless regardless of their COVID status, and uh, give them off lots and lots of free benefits. Way of That's the American Democrat way. Actually withdrawing from Afghanistan, which President Trump wanted to do. But he also said, we need to make sure we get out our U.S. citizens and those from uh, not just the embassy, but subcontractors and alike. And yet what we're doing now is, is bringing and opening our borders to just about anybody to come in. And uh, for those that say, well, we're... Might as well open all of them, I guess, right? Here is uh, Cortez and Pellegrino talking to um, the wonderful woman Morgan Ortegas about the uh, plight of women in Afghanistan and how it is not good now. Uh, here's the problem. We no longer have an embassy. It's not that we just left militarily. Because uh, this administration was totally unprepared for the fact that the Taliban could take over, that President Ghani would flee the country, and that Kabul would fall within a matter of days. Remember, Secretary Blinken said a few months ago, I think it was in June, well, it's not like it's going to fall from a Friday to a Monday. It literally fell from a Friday to a Monday. <laughs> yes, and they literally evacuated people from the embassy via helicopter, just like in Saigon. Right. So, uh, yeah. so when you have a, a, an organization that's totally unprepared, we had to completely. Uh, that would be the United States government uh, under Joe Biden. Draw from the embassy, right? Not just militarily. We have no more diplomatic presence. We don't have an intelligence presence. We don't have a military presence. We certainly don't have an intelligence presence in. Uh, Joe Biden's head. So what can we do uh, to help the women right now after we leave entirely by August 31st, according to this administration? The cold, hard reality is not a lot. We'll do a lot more of these, you know, issuing harsh condemnations. This administration might try... Strongly worded letters. May try to negotiate with uh, the Taliban to try and get them to respect the rights of women. <laughs> sure. Um, so far in the public statements, when they have been asked by journalists, uh, the Taliban, uh, at some point, through their spokesperson, they've learned a little like PR. They've said, oh, sure, we will. But when you start going out and asking individuals the way a lot of reporters are doing, you're not getting the best answer. Because they lie. And those of you who have not been on the planet very long, maybe you were a child when 9-11 happened, you know they lie. I heard this morning a friend of mine in talk radio said that uh, a Taliban spokesman said around uh, 2004, 2005, that Americans 
look at watches. We look at calendars. And they wait, and they wait, and they have waited for 20 years. And we are going to witness the blossoming, the blossoming of Al-Qaeda and the Taliban in Afghanistan, now with money and now with hardware and with a renewed resolve to take over the world. That's what it's all about, kids. It's called the caliphate. Again, for those of you who were not born in 2001 or maybe only a few years old, that is their goal. That is their goal, and they will achieve it by any means possible. Things are going to get very, very ugly in a very big hurry. Eric Bolling talked to Rob O'Neill. He's the guy who uh, took out Osama bin Laden. He's the guy who popped him a couple times. Here, uh, Rob O'Neill is talking about the woke generals in charge of the military now. It's, it's part of uh, the problem of having a woke generation and a bunch of yes-men. Uh, if you show me a four-star general, I'll show you ten people around him kissing his butt and lying to him, telling me exactly what he wants to hear because they want their job, too. Anyone on the ground, including myself, any combat veteran, man or woman, I don't care which branch, would have told you exactly what these Taliban guys are going to do, would have told you exactly how how long it's going to take the Taliban to retake Kabul and how the Afghans are going to flee. And it's, it's so simple. It's, it's almost, if I hear one more beta male from this administration say, well, we have the assurance of the Taliban that we can get everyone to the airport. Like John Kirby. It's complete nonsense. Uh, Jake Sullivan. We're not letting tough guys fight the wars anymore. We're just, we, they, they were getting so... I will scratch you so hard. ...bad at us. And, and not, you know, not just this administration, but just putting rules on people to fight. Make sure you don't kill them in a mean way. Just do it nice. You can see it's a testing ground. <laughs> for social awareness when we should send Marines to... Killing me softly with his song. Uh, Here he is talking to uh, Eric Bowling again about General Thoroughly Modern Millie. It tells you that if he's so willing to get in front of Congress, in front of the cameras, and start yapping his mouth about white rage, the day it comes out, but you can't hear from the man, the senior officer... Yeah, we need to concern ourselves with white rage. ...in the United States military. The worst defeat in our history. Can Not a peep. I experienced white rage last night. Uh, my kids left some shoes in the hallway as I went to the bathroom, and I almost tripped over them. Too busy. He's not busy. I had white rage. He, he, he's incompetent. When, when I was in the military, if you screwed up. Stub my toe on the end table. Ah, white rage. You either get fired, or you resign, or you die. That's it. And these people, no one's going to lose a job. Anyone, including the president, can say the buck stops here, but it doesn't. No, the buck stops over there. More from Rob Schmidt. Um, and you put two into bin Laden, one in his forehead, I think one in his chest, double tapped him. Um, talking about bullets into his head and chest. Did you think that would signal the end of, of the war in Afghanistan and the Middle East? So is it time for us to get out then? Yeah. I thought we were, my first few trips to Afghanistan, I thought we had it won in 2004, 2005. Um, just because the people were happy, the Taliban was gone, and it was good. Um, we we didn't need to surge like we did. It's, it's not a, a one-size-fits-all surge in Iraq, surge in Afghanistan. Surge in Iraq worked, not in Afghanistan, whatever. Um, we needed to keep a group there for cross-border intelligence to go in and kill bin Laden. And I love the fact that we did it simply because we approved of these people. And, you know, my team did it. Other teams have done it before where if you're a bad enough person, we'll find and Joe Biden didn't want that to happen. You will come get you, and that's because he's wrong about everything. Need to prove. Um, it's, it, but see, it's not it's not me and my guys that went on the Bin Laden raid that came out unharmed. That, that that bothers me. It's the people that died in the valleys trying to build a road and a school for people who don't even want it, wow. don't even deserve it. And I, I know I know so many kids right now that'll never see their fathers again just because someone somewhere needed to get promoted to a certain spot and get a medal. So we just started sending guys out to fight for what? Unbelievable. 
Another instance of white rage when you uh, go out to get the push mower and you, uh, you open up the gas cap and it's empty and you go get a little gas can and it's empty. White rage. Here is uh, Rob Schmidt with uh, the, actually the final moment of uh, Osama bin Laden's miserable existence on the planet. Tell us what bin Laden did right before you put two into him. Uh, when I went up the stairs, I was following one brave man in front of me, and because we went which is what Anthony Fauci wants to do to you, put two India uh, COVID vaccines actually up the last set of stairs. He went through a curtain and tackled some people. Either way, you're getting shot. Because he went one way, I went the other to uh, cover his back, and I saw Osama bin Laden standing up about three feet away from me. The last thing he was doing was he had his shoulders on his wife Amal, and he was pushing her toward me. And that tells you what kind of people these are. He, you know, they're, they're, they're all about how men are superior, all this stuff, and women are bad. But when it came down to <laughs> And they make wonderful human shields. Fight. He was trying to get his wife in the way. Honey, I said till death do us part. I didn't say who was going first. And that's who he was. He shouldn't be loved. And uh, these are they're not good people. We're the good guys. We didn't hurt a single innocent person in that raid. I can't remember hurting an innocent person because we make sure the people are safe, the kids aren't crying, and that's what good guys do. That is what good guys do. By the way, this is, uh, this is one of the best headlines of the day. How despicable are the major big tech players, Facebook, their absolute parroting of anything that the Biden administration wants? They're funding $500 million in Democrat districts to throw the election with Ballot drop boxes, among other things, called Zuckerbucks. YouTube censoring free speech. Anyone who disagrees with the WHO on coronavirus or prophylaxis or anything taken down without discussion for the first time in our country's history. We have the Democrat Party, big tech, and the mainstream media actively condemning and shutting down opposition. That's why the First Amendment is there, is to prevent that from happening. Twitter says the Taliban can stay on the platform if they obey the rules. Donald Trump will not be able to stay on the platform. In a statement attained by uh, Media I Tuesday, Twitter ducked the question of whether it would bar representatives of the Islamic fundamentalist uh, government from getting their message out 280 characters at a time, saying it would only continue to proactively enforce its rules outlawing the glorification of violence, platform manipulation, and spam. <laughs> Both official Taliban spokesmen have unverified accounts on Twitter. One, Zabila Mujahid, has over 310,000 followers, and their little emojis are so cute with the, the bodies exploding instead of the happy face. and the, He's got the happy face with a bullet hole in its head and all that. It's just it's so cute. His most recent tweet was as of Tuesday afternoon promoted a press conference by Taliban leaders and drew hundreds of responses, and many of them were well-wishers, including one that said, first of all, I welcome you and then congratulate you on the complete liberation of Afghanistan. We welcome our alien overlords. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Wow. The Taliban is sanctioned as a terrorist organization under U.S. law. And we have banned them from our services under our dangerous organization policies, a Facebook spokesperson told CNBC. So at least Facebook banned them. <laughs> Just unbelievable. Wow. Oh, um, 70% of, uh, of Americans disapprove of Joe Biden's handling of Afghanistan, so he owns it. 
According to a poll conducted by the Trafalgar Group, 69.3% of Americans disprove of Biden's handling of U.S. military operations in Afghanistan, including 59.5% who strongly disapprove, only 23.1% approved. Wow, wow, wow. Democrats, 48% disapproved. 39% approved. An astounding 88% of Republicans disapproved of Biden's actions in Afghanistan, including 80% who strongly disapprove. Because it's wrong and because we're smart. And we don't believe the propaganda from the mainstream media and big social media. Ben Sass talked on CNN. Um, he is, of course, uh, a senator. And uh, here's what he had to say about our troops' mission in Afghanistan. President Biden's speech was shameful today. It was a, it was a campaign speech. Everybody knows what he campaigned on. Everybody knows, to quote Bob Gates, uh, that President Biden has been on the wrong side of almost every major foreign policy issue for 40 years. The fact that he ran on withdrawal isn't the point. What the American people needed to hear today is that he has a plan for the ongoing national security crisis that's happening at the Kabul airport. It involves Americans, but it also involves a lot of people who fought alongside Americans so that we wouldn't have another 9-11 on our soil. We would take that fight to the Taliban. And so the fundamental misunderstanding that the American people have is not because of any place that the military's failed. Obviously, the military failed in the planning for this. But the fundamental problem we have is that the the troops haven't failed over the last 20 years. Politicians have failed to explain. Ding, 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 ding. That's what I said yesterday to the American people what we were doing in Afghanistan and how our troops don't let us down. They didn't in Vietnam either. Politicians fail them. We support our military. There are some despicable people in this country who don't understand the value of our military and the lives that have been spent so we can enjoy freedom in this country only for leftists to wanted to shut it down. Very similar to the Taliban, by the way, with regard to free speech. When you see these rallies by pro-life groups or anti-vaccination groups and, and all of a sudden all these members of uh, Antifa show up to shut them down, pepper spray them, whatever. Huh, very Taliban-esque. And then there's the tearing down of the statues. Oh, yeah, there is that. Let's move on to COVIDiacy. The uh, leader of New Zealand is a nutcase. Her name is Jacinda Ardern. Now, apparently, the entire country of New Zealand is going back on lockdown after a 58-year-old man tested positive for COVID-19, likely with the Delta variant. This woman makes Christy uh, Whitmer look like a sane person, okay? Here is the New Zealand prime minister telling about the things you can't do in New Zealand, which echoes what the chief uh, medical officer in Australia said a couple days ago. Stay local and do not congregate. Don't talk to your neighbours. Please keep to your bubbles. It comes down... Keep to your bubbles. <laughs> Again, to those very simple principles. Keep to your bubbles. <laughs> we know from overseas... Uh, cases I can see your bubbles. This of the Delta variant that it can be <laughs> spread by people simply walking past one another. So keep those... No, that never was the case. You are absolutely wrong. We disproved that, that, I mean, a long time ago. Crazy person. Movements outside to the beer minimum. The beer minimum? The beer minimum? Wait a minute, I can have a beer minimum? It's like a six-pack? Wear a mask and make sure you keep up that physical distancing. There you go. Wow, she is uh, bad guano crazy. Bad guano crazy. Don't talk to anybody. Same thing was said, by the way, by the chief medical officer of australia i always thought 
Australia was known for its rugged individualism. I saw I saw crocodile Dundee. Now that's a knife. I'm really disappointed. Really disappointed. Before I go, I want to mention someone. Afghanistan's first female mayor. She's 27-year-old Zarifa Ghaffari. She's been raised in a generation where she could actually go to school. And this is the equivalence of Rosa Parks and beyond in Afghanistan. Taliban fighters have shot and killed a woman for not wearing a burqa in Afghanistan on Tuesday. Taliban spokesman Zabila Mujahid said that he, uh, he would honor women's rights under highly restrictive Sharia law, which is like saying, uh, we realize that Hitler is no longer in power, but the new regime is going to honor the rights of the Jewish people as stated under Hitler's policies. That's what that's really kind of all about. Here is this uh, Zarifa Ghaffari in a more hopeful time. The only thing that makes me come over these challenges, that makes me powerful and keeps me brave, is just my confidence. It's just my commitment. That's why I'm still here. I'm doing my job. And That's why uh, being a, privilege, a privileged athlete in the United States and kneeling during the national anthem doesn't make you brave like this woman. I'm really proud of serving my country. You hear that, Megan Rapido? It was always for me. Uh, just to try to uh, prove woman power, to prove the woman ability, to prove that women are also able to do anything that men can do it. She has survived three assassination attempts. She is now waiting for the Taliban to come and end her life. We raised a generation in Afghanistan to believe that we'd help them out. We raised a generation expecting us that we would take care of them, that we would allow women to succeed. Her amazing, and these are amazing accomplishments, now appear to have been for naught. I honestly, I don't have any thoughts other than that, guys. I'm tremendously, tremendously, tremendously hurt by this uh, for the sake of our soldiers both those who are deceased and those who are still here and their families. I just, uh, I don't know what to say about it. I, I pray for better days. I pray that something good will happen, but I, I doubt very seriously anything will, good ha- will happen while this president is still on vacation at Camp David and his lackeys are answering questions in front of the media. That's going to do it for the show today. I don't like to end on a pessimistic note. But all I can say is that I know patriotic Americans everywhere hate this decision uh, and hope that Joe Biden pays for it in many ways. With possible removal from office, with possible impeachment, I doubt anything's going to happen before 2022. But he needs to be held accountable. Uh, thanks for listening today, guys. I appreciate it. If you would, please, will you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. If you'd like to see the rest of the glorious platforms on which this uh, this podcast is carried, just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. In the meantime, God bless our police and firefighters. God bless our soldiers, particularly Afghan veterans. 
Remember Ashley Babbitt. And until tomorrow, guys, don't catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.